Todd Bowles had some interesting comments regarding the quarterbacks in Tampa. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this Monday episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, follow us on Twitter. I am James Yarko at JYarko underscore Bucks. He is David Harrison at DHarrison82. We are your hosts of Locked On Bucks, credentialed members of the media covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am the deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. David is a staff writer over at BucksGameDay.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site, covering the Buccaneers. We are here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, we want to share our appreciation for your continued support of the show. And this podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off of your first month on today's episode. We're going to stash it. We're going to trash it. Then we're going to dive into the trenches. This episode's getting dirty on both sides of the ball. But for speaking of dirty, Todd Bowles, head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is still very noncommittal about the quarterback situation in Tampa, Florida. Uh, saying that both Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask will play in the final preseason game and still not naming a starter. Bowles was asked, when he'll name a starter and said, quote, we don't have a timetable on it. We'll name it when we name it. We feel comfortable with where we're at. So we'll go from there. End quote. James, now I know you said last night that Baker Mayfield was for sure the starter, given the mm -hmm. fact that he didn't even play a snap in the preseason game against the New York Jets, along with all the other starters. But here's my take. Here's what I'm going to say. I came into the evening with a really fun assignment for BucksGameDay.com. My job was to monitor Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield and give an update to Buccaneers fans of where I felt the Buccaneers starting quarterback competition stood after those two quarterbacks uh, got their opportunity. So I was looking really forward to seeing what Kyle could do first, looking for Baker, and then looking to see John Wolford come in and finish the game. And again, to reiterate your thoughts, really hoping that John is doing okay uh, You know, after suffering that neck injury. I'd never, you, you always hate to see that. Preseason, regular season playoffs, you, you hate to see that. doesn't matter what happens. But much to my surprise, and I'm not going to lie, exhausted frustration because I was tired, folks. I was tired. Kyle Trask kept coming in, and he kept coming in, and he kept coming in. Then we hit halftime. I'm going, where's Baker? Like, I'm starting to look at Twitter, looking for pictures of Baker not even in uniform because there's actually a moment during the broadcast where they scanned to the sideline, and you can see Baker in uniform. I saw it during my rewatch, but I didn't see it during the initial watch. So I'm getting really frustrated. I'm like, how am I going to write this thing? And then it kind of dawns on me like it dawns on everybody else. Like, obviously, Baker is your starter. When they come out of the second half and Baker is on the sideline and John is in there, Baker is your starter, right? Like, this makes no sense. And then after the game, Todd Bowles is asked, of course. And his answer is basically, well, we were going to put Baker in, but we really wanted to see Kyle Trask in a two-minute situation. And then after halftime, when John got injured, well, after halftime, we, we switched the offensive line. We went to backup offensive line, which are kind of already backup offensive line anyway. But we went to backup offensive line. We didn't want to put Baker out there behind that backup offensive line. 
Then when John got hurt, well, Kyle was more warm, so we, we figured it'd be safer to put him out there. Like, listen, James, we've never worked in an NFL franchise. And I know that a lot of our listeners, if not all of our listeners and viewers, have not either. We ain't dumb. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, honestly, that answer is 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 borderline disrespectful, not from like like you're a coach, you don't have to say anything, you know what I mean? But disrespectful in the sense of insulting people's intelligence. Right. So last week, first week, Pittsburgh Steelers, Baker Mayfield got the first set, like first set of plays, right? Not the first drive only, but like the first stretch. Kyle Trask got the next, right? What was the biggest thing? Do you remember the biggest thing that Todd kind of emphasized about both players played with the same what? Offensive line. Offensive line. They played with the same offensive line. So Todd's excuse was, well, we were going to put Baker in, but then, you know, we wanted to see Kyle in this two-minute situation, and then after half, we changed the offensive line, and we didn't want to do that to Baker. Okay, that makes sense, except, dude, we live in the technology age. So you know what I did, James? I went back, and I looked at that two-minute situation. The touchdown pass from Kyle Trask to Trey Palmer happened with a minute 58 left in the game. So that's mm -hmm. a two-second, two-minute situation the top Bulls wanted to see his quarterback in. You know when that drive started? Six-plus minutes left in the second quarter. So you're telling me that you're top bulls, you're on the sideline, you're like, you, we should put Baker in, guys. And then you go, you know what, though? I really want to see Kyle in this two-minute situation with six minutes left in the game. Or in the <laughs> That's what you're telling us. That's what you told us. Not only that, James, do you know who the right tackle and right guard were that started the game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Saturday night? Uh, Cody Malk and Luke Gedeke. Cody Malk and Luke Gedeke. Do you know who the right guard and right tackle were that played with Kyle Trask in the two-minute drive that started at six minutes? Cody Malk and Luke Gedeke? John Moulton and Justin Skewell. Oh, all right. Your second-team offensive line playing already on your second-team offense. I don't know. Whatever, your 2.5 offensive line, whatever they want to call that. So at six minutes left in the second quarter, you change the offensive line. You weren't in a two-minute situation, so your excuse for why you didn't play Baker makes no sense. It holds no water because it's not true. And, and I get coach speak. Like, coach speak I'm okay with, but lying? Bro, like, that's a different level. That's a flat-out lie because you didn't see Kyle Trask in a two-minute situation because he didn't run a two-minute offense. And you didn't change the offensive line after halftime. You changed it with six minutes left in the second quarter with Kyle Trask still on the field. So why else wouldn't you play Baker Mayfield? Because he's either injured or he's your starter. That's it. Those are the only two reasons. So for you to come out and say what you said, it's a lie. And to me, honestly, it's disrespectful to everybody listening. That's not just media members. That's fans who are listening to the press conferences and listening to these shows because we have to sit up here. And now I'm in the situation where I have to tell you that Todd Bowles lied to everybody. And I don't like that because I want to like Todd. I do like Todd. But Todd Bowles lied Saturday night. And I don't understand the reason. Honestly, I don't understand the reason. And I'm not the only one that noticed this. Many people pointed out Kyle Trask was asked about the situation and his body language told you everything you need to know about this quarterback competition. It is done. Baker Mayfield's going to be your starter. Oh, by the way, Baker Mayfield said earlier in the week, I just want this to be done because the number one quarterback needs to get as many reps as possible. I got news for all of you. Baker Mayfield not saying that if he thinks he's the backup, guys. Baker Mayfield is not going to sit out there and say, I don't want to take reps. I'm the backup. I, Kyle should get all the No, he's only saying that because he knows he knows or he thinks he's the starter. If you're Ira Kaufman, it's because Baker knows he's the starter. So if Baker knows it, 
Ira knows it. Now the whole stinking world knows it. What what are we doing? And again, coach speak, I'm fine with. It's the line that I don't I don't appreciate. Yeah. Uh and the thing is, is we saw Kyle Trask run a two-minute offense against the Steelers, and it was really, really ugly. Like it was real bad. So we actually did see Kyle in a legit two-minute situation. I I don't know. Maybe maybe Bowles didn't think anybody would follow up on that or or check into that or maybe in his mind that's how he was justifying it and he wasn't really paying attention to the actual situation I don't know regardless well hey that's I mean that's great that's a great possibility your head coach is not paying attention to what he's saying that's that's what we all want to hear it's it's the whole oh no words are coming out oh no but David uh we did have an interesting question uh come through Facebook that I wanted to bring up real quick while we're talking about the quarterbacks Long time every day or Matthew Ferguson messaged us and said with the injury to Wolford, should the Buccaneers go look for another quarterback? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you have to, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't again. I don't know how serious the injury is and hopefully it's not too serious, but you know, everybody who's been in any type of physical profession knows that once something is compromised, it's going to be compromised for a while. And, and, and the neck injury, a neck injury, head injury is nothing to play around with and nothing compromised a guy's health with so you know uh, unless your your plan is to roll with two quarterbacks on your active roster and not have a third in order to take advantage of the emergency quarterback rule like if you're just going to stick him on the practice squad and have no plan whatsoever to like if you're just like it's kyle or baker or nobody okay but to me that's a little bit of a reckless idea but at the same time you know we've, we've kind of talked about this the team is really looking towards the future not looking towards today um but yeah i still think you need to go find a young quarterback I wouldn't I wouldn't look at a veteran out there floating around somewhere like a Carson Wentz. I would be looking for a young guy and you never know, you get him in the room and maybe you've got a gem, you know what I mean? And you stumble upon uh something really, really great. If not, you've at least got somebody to play the position. Because let's let's be honest, whether it's Carson Wentz, another veteran or a, a rookie undrafted guy who hasn't been in camp, uh, you're not gonna be in a good situation regardless of, of what you do. So yeah, but I think you should add another quarterback. I, I do think that internally they're having those conversations right now, and they're probably going to be keeping an eye on the other teams around the NFL. You got roster cuts coming in just a little over a week. They're probably, David, to your point, they're going to be looking for that younger guy. You know, it's someone who's probably not going to be active on, on the game day roster very often outside of, you know, as you mentioned, the emergency quarterback rule. So it's not somebody that's going to get a whole lot of playing time. They're going to wait and find out how severe the injury is with Wolford. Seems like all the initial tests were good. Uh, Wolford is is doing okay. He flew back with the team on Saturday night, but he does have a history of neck injuries. And when you, when you start to sit down and evaluate it, he's going to have to look at his quality of life. Does he want to continue doing this? Does he right. want to move on before it's too late? So I think internally they're having those discussions, but I honestly would be surprised if the Bucks make a move and bringing anyone in before these roster cuts to get down to 53 where they're going to have an opportunity to maybe pluck somebody uh, off of another team's roster. I think, I think you need to, if, if unless, unless Wolford is just good, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, it's all right, guys. There's a cramp. You know what I mean? Like, unless he's just good, I think you need to, cause I don't think you want to play Baker and Kyle the entire last preseason game. Um, Tim DeMore at UDFA out of Fordham. That's my guy. Go get him. All right. It's a return of Stash It and Trash It. We talk about those takeaways from the win over the Jets. That is next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around careers, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all stresses in all walks of life. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Don't even have to give a reason. You just have to say, I want a new person, and you get a new person. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. Continuing on today's episode of Locked on Bucks, our Monday episode of Locked on Bucks. Thank you again to all the everydayers for coming through every day because we appreciate you every day that you come through every day for our everyday episodes. Uh, Be sure you come back tomorrow because that's another day. So you want to be back there for every day. Uh, James is going to be going alone because I'm a lazy bum and I have to go cover Monday night football in the preseason because that's fun. I will be watching the Baltimore Ravens, who you all will be watching next week as they face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I would like to trash preseason primetime games. Can, can yes. I make that my my trash it? Let's do that. Uh, or or at least, like I texted you Saturday night, and I was like, this freaking game doesn't start until 7.30. I thought for sure the game was starting at 6, like the week before. Yeah. All preseason games, if you're going to start in the evening, you are not allowed to start later than 6.30 local time. Period. End of discussion. Six thirty local time. I think that's an important part. Which again, if it's a West Coast game, you're talking nine thirty. You know, out here on the East Coast, I would I would be okay with that. Like if it's if it's a game in Seattle, okay. Because if you do it six thirty Eastern time in Seattle, I mean, people are still at work. You know what I mean? Like they're like, yeah. oh, you lazy bums in, in on the East Coast can stay up a little bit. Um, all right, stash and trash time. Usually, huh? you're not moving like that far across time zones for preseason. Though. Yeah, yeah. So stash and trash time. Uh, Buccaneers version, not NFL preseason and media people whining about having to stay up late version. Our everydayers are remember this from last season, but if you're new to the show, here's how this goes. James and I are each going to take one thing in this game that we want to see the Buccaneers continue in some way, shape, or form. Could be a play, could be a style, could be anything. Um, and then we're going to talk about one thing we never, ever, ever want to see the Buccaneers do again. In other words, we're stashing something, we're trashing something. James, you talked a lot during the live reaction. I talked a lot in the first segment, but I'm still going to go first here anyway. And I'm stashing wide receivers, Trey Palmer and Devin Tompkins. Now, let's be honest. They were probably making the roster anyway, but especially with the loss of Russell Gage, this is your third and fourth receiver as far as I'm concerned right now. So you got Mike and Chris at the top, obviously unquestioned, undoubted, no challenge, no competition. But I think Trey Palmer and Devin Tompkins are your third and fourth guys on the field. And we kind of talked about this last week leading up to this preseason game. Who's the number three? Who's the number four? I'm going to be honest with you. It doesn't matter. Honestly, I think you call them both threes. They're both your number threes. Trey Palmer is playing a lot more on the outside right now than he is on the inside, but he's showing the ability to play short, intermediate, and deep as an outside receiver more so than a slot. He is still working the slot, but he's getting more outside reps, and it's significant. It's about a 30% difference. Devin Tompkins, however, is about 50-50 slot and outside. So he's getting a little bit of work in both, and we'll see in the final preseason game uh, if the starting quarterbacks are playing. You expect Devin Tompkins will probably play 
along with them. So we'll see how that game measure out and measures out and whether or not Devin is kind of isolated into one or the other. But we know that Chris Godwin can work the slot. We know that Mike Evans in certain formations, certain play combinations, route combinations can work out the slot as well. So you got four dudes that can work the slot. Two of them arguably better than the other two, right? I would say Chris is better in the slot than Mike and Devin is better in the slot than Trey. But you have a nice combination of versatile receivers there. And then you add in uh, tight ends like Co'Keefe, Payne Durham, uh, and that other guy that's going to be starting. I can't remember his name because he's insignificant and James doesn't love him at all. But I think that those two guys, those are your four top receivers. I'm joking. It's KDOT and we love him. Uh, those four receivers are your top guys. Your last two, I think, probably receiver position uh, spots are up between David Moore, Rakeem Jarrett, and Kalen Geiger. I give Jarrett and Moore the, the head start right now. But bottom line, I love Palmer and Tompkins being involved at the top of the offense. So I want to see those guys more involved, not just in the preseason, but in the regular season. Um, <clears throat> I agree with pretty much everything that you just said, other than the unnecessary bashing of Kate Otten, who was a stud against the Jets. He was fantastic. It wasn't bashing Kate Otten, it was bashing you. I know, I know. <laughs> but I was going to pretend that you were bashing Kate Otten because I don't want to cry on the podcast. Um, My stash it is the rollouts and the bootlegs. Oh, my goodness. Have I enjoyed watching that happen in both of the preseason games? And look, Baker was a really, really efficient when he was doing the rollouts and the bootlegs. Kyle didn't look super great against the Steelers when he did it, but against the Jets, when he had those designed rollouts, those designed bootlegs, he was throwing darts. He did a really, really good job of moving the ball down the field, finding the open receiver. The more the Bucs can include this in their offense, the better. Uh, I think this is going to be a, a big part of Dave Canales' offense. And, you know, what better way to kind of try to hide a little bit of the deficiencies along the offensive line than by using your quarterback's mobility to create space, create time, mm -hmm. create opportunity. That's not something we saw a lot with Tom Brady because, well, he was 45 years old and the legs, they know work is so good as much anymore. So Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, they have the ability to do that in Canales' offense. I love seeing it. It's working really, really well. Keep doing that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that helps a struggling offensive line the most is moving the pocket. And you couldn't do that with Tom Brady. You know what uh -huh. I mean? But I think moving the pocket, screen passes, and play action. Like those three things in that order help a struggling offensive line the most. So do all three of those things. But yeah, no, I noticed that during the game too. And I agree with Coach, Coach Bowles. I think Kyle Trask is, is moving a lot better than we expected him to uh, coming into this season. So that's a good stash. My trash it uh, is, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense's ability to contain anything from the defensive line, from the linebackers, from the corners, from the safeties. This team's pursuit of the ball is horrendous. I, I don't know. And, and here's, here's the problem with it. Because a lot of people say, well, it's just preseason. You're talking second team, third team defenders, most fun. Yeah, true. But we had this complaint last year. This team is starting to look like a team, James, honestly, that coaches inside out ball pursuit. And that makes no sense because every NFL coach is going to is going to preach first dude to the ball takes an outside shoulder approach to the tackle. Why? Because if you miss, you at least push him inside to your teammates. But if the first dude to the ball takes an inside shoulder approach, uh, like Anthony Nelson did on Zach Wilson, and you don't get him, then all you get is a highlight reel with a bunch of Buccaneers defenders behind you now hurtling over your body on the ground as Zach Wilson runs a 35-yard run on you. It's ridiculous. It shouldn't happen. 
And it's either dudes not doing the right thing that their coach to do, because I can't believe the coaches are teaching them to do this, or not trusting their teammates. So that's the only two reasons that can happen. Because if you're Anthony Nelson and you trust that your teammates are giving you inside pursuit behind you, you have no choice but to go towards Zach Wilson's outside shoulder. You still try to hit him, but you try to hit his outside shoulder. If he jukes you inside, okay, yeah, you kind of look foolish, but the dude only runs the ball for six yards. If you miss him on the inside, you still look foolish, and he runs for 35 yards. So, um, and, and he wasn't the only one. He's just the biggest one from the Jets game. Um, but we talked about this last year, James, and it's one of the biggest things that we complain about with Devin White is that he takes inside pursuit angles on on uh, during his pursuit of ball carriers. Um, and I'm just it's starting to look like a team that is coached to do it, and I can't believe that they're coached to do that because it makes no sense to coach them to do that. All right, my trash it. I talked about it a little bit on the live stream, uh, but for those that did not see or hear that, I'm going to say it again. Look, we've talked a lot about the quarterback situation. We've talked a lot about these different positional battles. No more kicker battle. The kicker battle is over. Chase McLaughlin wins. Move on. Uh, you know, I know David is all goggles gang or glasses gang or or four eyes club, whatever it was that he called it. Uh, and I like Rodrigo, but the dude, he's he doesn't have it back yet. And I hope he gets it back, and I hope he he finds success in the NFL, but it's not going to be with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. Uh, move on with McLaughlin. Use use that roster spot to bring in a quarterback that you can get for dirt cheap and a UDFA, whatever it is. Bring in that other quarterback so that Wolford doesn't have to rush back if Wolford can even come back and move on. So, yeah, that's that's my, my take on that one. All right. David is going to have a bonus trash hit, and we are going to dive into the trenches yet again because someone has to protect the Buccaneers quarterbacks and someone else needs to clock the opposing one. That's next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets back every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you will get bonus bets for every victory. The Kansas City Chiefs are predictably the favorites with plus 600 odds to repeat as champs, while the Philadelphia Beagles are coming in second with plus 800 odds. The Buccaneers fans, not surprised to learn that uh, your team has plus 7,500 odds, which is tied for the fourth lowest. It's not cool. Regardless of who you bet on, you'll get bonus bets for every regular season win along the way. And you can use those on spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Things up here on a Monday edition of Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison here with you. And David is going to trash something else before we move on to the trenches. David, um, I'm going to trash the pass rush or the lack thereof. Um, I know that technically some Buccaneers defenders got some pressures. Those pressures came after the three second count on the clock after the snap, which means those pressures are on the Jets quarterbacks, not Jets offensive line, which means it's also not on the Buccaneers defensive line like i'm not celebrating a three second pressure you know what i'm saying like you get to the quarterback three and a half seconds bro that's not gonna get you a second contract in the nfl and i know the starters weren't out there and i know Vita wasn't out there 
Uh, but Logan Hall is out there, and Logan Hall is a guy that we've talked about, and I understand like he's probably more of a run stop guy anyway. You know, Will Golson was out there, but look, if your second team defensive line, third team defensive line can't get any pressure against second team, third team offensive linemen for the New York Jets, like we've talked about the lack of the starting quality offensive linemen in the National Football League before. I, w- I would venture to say that the talent across the NFL and the defensive line is better than the talent across the levels of offensive line when you're talking about the depths of the rosters. Like there are defensive linemen who could be starting in other places that are second stringers because that's how deep the defensive fronts have gotten in the National Football League. Such a pass rush heavy defense in in the league now. Um and I, I just I saw way too many Jets quarterbacks looking really comfortable uh on Saturday night. So whether it's a scheme thing, a talent thing, a job thing, I don't know what it is, but that thing needs to get better. Uh, not just because Vita Vea comes back, but because the scheme gets better. Yeah, I did have somebody bring that up in the live chat on the immediate reaction episode. And I said that I wasn't panicking yet just because you don't have Vita, you don't have Levante, you don't have Devin, you don't have Shaq or JTS. You're, you're going to get Kalijah Kansi back. you know. But to your point, those guys you know, are going to have to take plays off. Some of those guys, hopefully not, but they might end up injured. You're going to have some of these guys that were struggling against Jets backups on the field trying to take their place, so things do need to improve from that aspect. But talking about the offensive and defensive lines, um, we're going we're gonna to talk about those to finish some things out. And David, the offensive line didn't look overly impressive, but I do think that they did perform a little bit better than they did against the Steelers. I saw some slight improvements, especially in the category of yellow laundry being thrown on the field. Yes. Um, But your takeaway from how the offensive line, granted, no Tristan Wirfs, no Filer. You had uh, Nick Leverett starting at center instead of Robert Hainsey, but you still had Malk. You still had Gedeke out there. What is your biggest takeaway uh, regarding the offensive line against the Jets on Saturday night? Uh, they look better and they look smarter. And I think that's the important thing is they look smarter. You know what I mean? Um, you mentioned the flags, but not just the flags, but also the types of flags you're getting. A lot of the flags that you got last week for as far as offensive line is concerned are a lot of mental mistakes, right? And these aren't things that are just kind of like like running the game. Like it could have gone either way. And sometimes they call this, sometimes they don't, right? Um, some A couple of things stood out to me. So I went in pretty hard on the coaching staff last week on playing half your starting offensive line and not playing your other half your starting offensive line when everybody, I mean, Ryan Jensen said on our, our own singing show, it's a five-man dance line. You know what I mean? That's not a quote, but that's essentially what we're talking about. So I came in and said, you know what? Okay, we got Gedeke, we got Malk. I'll at least watch those two. They're going to be on the field for the regular season, so let's see what we have with those two. And I will say, and I didn't chart them, right, so don't quote me on this, but most of the pressures, if not all the pressures, came from the middle or left side of the of the offensive line, which still not good, but they're not from your right side, which is your starters. You know what I'm saying? So like that to me is, is a good thing. And Todd Bowles mentioned that a lot of pressure up the middle uh, again. So Nick Lever, you assume is going to be the backup if Robert Hainsey is healthy enough to play. Uh, and then once Ryan Jensen is healthy enough, obviously even more. Um, so I was happy about that. But something else I was also happy about too is while Kyle Trask was running around on some of these plays, we're doing some of these boots and, and having to extend plays and doing all these things. Uh, no illegal man down field penalties. So that mm-hmm. shows intelligence, awareness, and discipline on the offensive line. And that's coming from starters and backups. So I was very happy to not see those penalties. So that's kind of three things that I kind of noticed is, you know, when you're looking at the offensive line, 
focus on the starters because those are the guys you're really looking to make money with. They did pretty well, I think, for the most part. And then uh, the ability of the scheme to, you already mentioned it, help the offensive line, but also the discipline within that scheme to not do something to mess it up. Yeah, and and I know you've already talked a little bit about the defensive line in the, in the bonus trash it at the top of this segment. And I, I still kind of stand by how I'm not, I'm not fully ready to freak out about the pass rush, but you know there are some things that need to be cleaned up a little bit. I really hope the Buccaneers don't make the mistake of not playing, you know, a bunch of their starters again against the Ravens in the final preseason game. Mike needs to be out there. Chris needs to be out there. Uh, you know, on on offense, obviously, Rashad needs to be out there. <coughs> Defensively, you need to have your starting linebacking core. You need to have Vita in there. You need to to have great gains in there. You need to have Logan Hall. You need to have your starting defensive backs. So what is it that that you took away from the defensive line outside of their ability to contain that uh, really stood out against the Jets? I mean, it, it goes hand in hand with my, my, my bonus trash is that we have a bunch of run stoppers. And that's cool um, if you're only facing running teams. You know what I mean? And, and I know, like you said, like Vita Vea, Better pass rushing D lineman that I think a lot of people outside of Tampa real uh, Tampa Tampa realize. Um, Kalaja Kansi is expected to be a little bit of a pass, you know, have an impact on the pass game. But like, you know, I haven't seen Greg Gaines on the field yet for this team. So Logan Hall, Will Will, Will Golston, we know what he is. You know what I mean? These interior defensive linemen, your O'Connors of the world, Anthony Nelson, and I know that's not line, but that's like front seven type ish guys. Uh, you know, KJ Britt, we've already established is not a pass rusher. You know what I mean? Like, there's just not. Outside of your your starting front seven, you've got some really good pass rushers there. Shaq, JTS, potentially, if you can learn how to finish better. Vita, we talked about. Kalijah, Devin, obviously. Levante, especially. Like, you've got really good pass rushers in your front seven. But behind them, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any pass rushers behind them uh, in this preseason. And that, again, it, it's a problem because it's not just against the other team's starters. It's also against the other team's depth guys because I will tell you right now, Logan Hall got some got some sets against some second team Jets offensive linemen and still was not getting penetration. And I understand he's probably a better run stuffer than he is a pass rusher, but the dude still needs to be able to pass rush. You know what I'm saying? Like he still needs to be able to make an impact and you can't sit there and say, well, if the quarterback holds the ball for four seconds, I can make an impact because that's not you making an impact. That's a quarterback making an impact. So yeah, it's, it's not, we already knew this, this defense wasn't super deep anyway, but it's showing more than I expected it to. Yeah, I really wish we had had the opportunity to see Kalijah Kansi in action. Um, I think he would have would have generated a lot for the defensive line, whether it was against the other team starters or backups. At least you probably would have seen some level of impact there. Now, that's going to be delayed a little bit into the regular season as he gets more acclimated to the NFL game. But again, the most important thing is that he comes back healthy and doesn't rush back and creates an even more difficult rookie season for himself. So certainly some things to keep an eye on. And again, I hope we get to see, you know, the majority of the starters in the final game against the Ravens. I don't know. Did the Ravens win their, their second preseason game? Is that streak still intact? That game is Monday night. That's against the commanders. Oh, the Ravens do. Okay. All right. My bad. So that's, that's the game I'm covering tomorrow when I'm not on the show here. You, you get two cracks at it. At snapping this Ravens preseason winning streak, uh, I really want it to happen. I, you know what, I want it to happen too. 
So with that, we are going to bid you all a fair ado again. Coming up tomorrow, I solo because David will be working the Commanders and Ravens. Oh. Sorry. I do want to give like some well wishes to the Pitt Panthers because Kalijah's been out, Servassier was out, and then yeah. Izzy Abinaconda got injured uh, yep. for the Jets yesterday. And you and every day, as you know, I was really big on Izzy. Um, so, I mean, Pitt Panthers rookies not having a good preseason. So I want to give some well wishes to those guys too and, and sprinkle some some health wishes on them. And if you don't think Harbaugh cares about his preseason streak, I promise you he does. Oh, he absolutely does. 100%. All right. Coming up tomorrow, like I said, I will be solo. Uh, David will be working Commanders and Ravens. So if you have any thoughts, reactions, topics, questions at all, make sure you're sending them to LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com or the easiest way to reach me, DM Locked on Bucks on Twitter. We want to thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first listener view every single day. Make sure you're checking out everything that David is doing at BucksGameDay.com. Check out my work at BucksNation.com. Follow everything on Twitter at Locked on Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. I want to thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked on Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 